The Horse and Hound podcast. Hello and welcome to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special, supported by Toggy. I'm Pippa Room, magazine editor at Horse and Hound. I'm out in Japan with my colleague Polly Bryan. How are you, Polly? Hi, Pippa. Yes, very good. Thank you. Well, I am quite tired this evening. It's just after one in the morning. I didn't get any sleep last night as such. I ended up being up for uh, just over 27 hours, having got up at six in the morning to go to the uh, to the eventing show jumping. We checked in with you after that, of course, uh, yesterday night, but uh, I ended up being up all through the night writing uh, magazine copy and then reading pages. Went to bed at nine, half past nine in the morning and had four hours sleep and then uh, went out again to the show jumping this evening. So feeling quite tired, but really enjoyed the show jumping today. Polly, can you give us the headlines? What happened in today's first round of the show jumping competition? Yes, of course. So today was day one of the individual competition, which um, here at the Olympics this year is running ahead of the team competition. That happens later in the week. Um, Today was the qualifier. And the really good news is that all three of our British riders are through to the final, which is tomorrow evening. They they jumped absolutely brilliantly, three clear rounds. And that's Ben Mayer with Explosion W, Scott Brash with Jefferson and Harry Charles riding Romeo 88 they were wonderful all three of the Irish also got through so that's good news 30 combinations in total go through to jump tomorrow and we're very excited to see them uh, ride for the medals yeah and it worked out really neatly today didn't it Polly that actually there were 30 jumping clears exactly in that class today um, a few of them had a one or two time faults and they all got through anybody who had a rail didn't get through so it was a I was going to say the perfect result. I'm not sure because I think initially people thought maybe that those who had one down would get through, but it was certainly a very neat cutoff. Yes, it was. It certainly uh, certainly makes it sort of easier to to remember. But like I said, our guys, no no problem at all. They all got clear rounds. Um, ben Mayer actually finished as the fastest clear. So he goes into tomorrow in pole position in that he will start at the end of the order uh, tomorrow, which um, I'm sure many will see as an advantage. But he, uh, everyone does go through on, on a score of zero, which of course, having gone clear, would be the case anyway. But they don't carry forward uh, time faults in the case of those who did have those. Um, they do start on a completely clean slate. Okay, great. So good to understand what's coming up tomorrow as well. Let's talk about those British performances in a little more detail. The first Brit into the arena was Harry Charles, who was just swapped into the British squad for this part of the competition yesterday. Tell us a little more about his performance and what he said to you afterwards, Polly. Oh, Harry put in a really assured performance. Um, no one would ever guess that he is only just 22 years old and here at his first Olympic Games. He and Romeo jumped really, really good clear. They didn't really have any problems. They were first to go of the British riders. And the course, I, th- I think, seemed to be jumping a little better as the class went on. I think people were really learning from the early riders, sort of slight misjudgments. Uh, there was a particular... Uh, fence which did catch a lot of people out early on in the course which um, had a uh, a rather imposing sumo wrestler on the side um, which was certainly what grabbed the attention but on the other side was an awful lot of uh, cherry blossom sort of flowers not not real cherry blossom I should add and a lot of people were coming coming in quite tight off the turn and I think their horses were really sort of it was coming up very quickly they spotted the cherry blossom more than they spotted the sumo wrestler that fence I think caused fewer problems as the class went on I think people were 
really watching and learning. As I said, Harry was the first of our British riders in, did not cause him any problems. He said that uh, his his dad had, his dad's obviously Peter Charles, who won gold on the team in London in 2012. Um, he did say that he had been giving him a few pointers um, and he's also been learning a lot from his teammates as well. Oh, well, that's great to hear. And we did catch up with Harry just a couple of weeks ago to talk about coming to this Olympics. I'm turning 22 uh, at the start of the uh, start of the Olympic Games, so to be going to an Olympic Games at 22 years old is um, crazy. Really, it's it's been one of my biggest goals in life, uh, for my career, and to have achieved it already at this age is yeah, I have no words for it really. But we've worked so hard since I was about 14, 15 years old. We said this is where we want to be at 2020. We kind of made, sat down and made that plan with my dad, and and we you know it just feels so fulfilling to achieve those goals over the past few years and everything we've worked for yeah it's honestly a dream come true and and i couldn't have done it without my team especially my horses especially my family so polly moving on to the next british rider into the arena after harry not immediately after but a couple of riders later was ben mayer with explosion w give us a little more detail on his ride Oh, Ben had another a fantastic ride. That horse never looks like he's going to touch a fence. Um, he's just the most stunning horse to watch jump. He really, I mean, he can lift himself over a fence like no horse I've I've seen, I think. And um, yeah, Ben said that, um, he said the course suited explosion. He, he likes the big fences. They suit him. And he did say that some of the distances were quite open. He, um, I think he did one less stride to the, uh, to the last fence. A lot of people were, were, um, were doing one more than him and that helped him to be quicker and he as we said was the fastest around the course um, he doesn't ever look like he's rushing though I find some people who are quick really look like they're quick they look like they're pushing Ben doesn't look like he's hanging about for sure but he also rides in, in quite a relaxed fashion considering how fast he is actually going I think Explosion is maybe naturally a horse who mm. uh, goes in quite a fast rhythm which is a real big advantage if you've got a horse which is naturally Going at that faster pace, Polly. Yeah, I think so. He's certainly a horse that covers the ground, you know, really, really easily. He doesn't have any problems uh, moving quickly around a course. And the third British rider, Scott Brash with Jefferson. Tell us about his round. Yeah, Scott jumped um, another great clear round with Jefferson. Again, they looked pretty confident, didn't look as though, you know, they were in danger of having fences down or or having a stop as several riders did have. Scott commented on how colourful the course was, um, which it was, it was very eye-catching, and uh, and how the horses, you know, you don't really know how they're going to react under those lights. Um, There were quite a few sort of reflections and shadows and uh, certainly some very bright spots, I think. He mentioned that, uh, again, there were some decisions to be made around strides and uh you know it, a lot of horses were spooking at you know the flowers and and the water and the, there were there were a lot of places on that course where people could have could have tripped up a lot of people did our guys luckily did not and tell us a bit more about that course polly because i really enjoyed walking it the decorations and the detail on it were just incredible weren't they Yes. Oh my gosh. I loved the course. I said when we were walking it, it was probably the closest that we uh, were going to get to any Japanese sightseeing while we were here, because of course we haven't been allowed to do that for COVID reasons. It was absolutely beautiful and almost every fence really featured a different element of Japanese culture or, or Olympic heritage. Um, we loved the water jumps, didn't we, with the uh, the different Olympic... Um, the pictograms, I the think, pictograms. is what you mean, Polly. That's yeah, what so I'm trying to say. The water jump depicted each of the Olympics 
from 1964, the last Tokyo Olympics through to the current one. And they had the, um, so they, they had like a little, and um, they had the year of each Olympics along the front. And with it, they had the actual pictogram of equestrian sport from that Olympics, which was really cute to see. Yeah, it was fabulous. Um, a lot, uh, as we said, a lot of, of fences, you know, really representing uh, Japan and the culture. We had a, the fence, fence two, actually, I really enjoyed, which was a sort of a filler, which was depicting the Tokyo skyline. As we already mentioned, there was a very eye-catching fence with a sumo wrestler on the side. We really enjoyed that one. Um, there was the kimonos fence. That was very pretty. Yeah, it was it was a stunning course. I thoroughly enjoyed walking around it. I thoroughly enjoyed watching everyone jump it. Well, if you do want to see more of that course, we did put full course pictures in a story on the Horse and Hound website, which we'll keep doing as this week goes on and keep enjoying looking at the beautiful courses here. Polly, back with the competition, who didn't make it through to the final we might maybe have expected to be seeing in the shake-up? Yeah, so there were a few riders who, yeah, as you said, you would have expected to see in that individual final tomorrow who will not be there. One of those, probably the most surprising, I'd say, um, Steve Gerdap from uh, Switzerland, obviously gold medalist himself in London, individual gold medalist then, former world number one until pretty recently, I think. And um, he just had a, he had a single rail down. He, um, he, he had the triple bar down, which I think he mentioned was normally his horse's sort of best and favourite jump. But as we all know, the show jumping, you know, the slightest error that, you know, one rail down, it makes all the difference. Um, so he is one that sadly we will not be seeing in tomorrow evening's final. Another another point to make is that very surprisingly we won't be seeing any of the American riders in the final. I think most of them did have good rounds, but they, again they had some fences down, um, which cost them. Yeah, it's um, and and I think there's a point there to draw out, Polly, about the format in mm. terms of the fact that your individual chance was gone today if you had even a single fence down, whereas previously at Olympics the individual final has come last and the qualification to make it through to to that final has come through you know, several rounds of the team competition and consistency was rewarded more than it was here. Did you speak to some riders about how they felt about that? Yeah, I did. I spoke to a lot of them, actually. And yeah, the general consensus from from riders was that they were not particularly a fan of this new format for the reason you mentioned that it, it all comes down to one one round to get into that final and then again it will all come down to one round and I think it wasn't so much that the final the medals would come down to the one round particularly but that simply one mistake um, would stop you even having a chance to to ride for those medals um, as we said some of the, the world's top riders won't be riding in the final tomorrow which is, is a huge shame of course, the 30 riders that, that did qualify all, all deserve to be there on the basis of they did jump clear around tonight's track. No one would dispute that. But like you said, consistency hasn't been rewarded in the same way as at other um, as, as at other Olympics. And yeah, there were certainly a few riders who were not very happy about that. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what sort of comes out of this, the analysis that will inevitably happen um, and what, what, go, what happens going forward, I think. Yeah, and it feels like there's some consistency across the equestrian disciplines there with the fact that the dressage was a clean slate in, for each sort of section of the competition this time as well. Similar principles being applied. Yes, for sure. Um, there's certainly, you can see the consistency in some of the principles and the changes that have been brought in across the sports. Um, the three on a team aspect, of course, has happened in all three um, equestrian disciplines. But yes, the, the dressage, really interestingly, that came down to just one test, the Grand Prix Special. I've written, I've written quite a long blog about it, actually, for our website, which took me a few days to write because... <laughs> 
I couldn't really decide what my thoughts and opinions were on the format. I'm, I've got quite mixed feelings about it, but I, I came down on, on the side that I generally did like the format for dressage. Um, I think dressage and show jumping are quite hard to compare in a lot of ways, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to have heard what's happened today in the uh, in the main competition, so to speak. I had some good chats today down in the mix zone as well, Polly, following up on a few more tales from Tokyo with different riders. And one of the ones that I really enjoyed speaking to was the Israeli rider, Ashley Bond. And when she came out of the arena, she was so uh, vocal about her pleasure in her clear round. She was sort of whooping when she came out and um, really caught the eye and then came into the mix zone. And we had a great chat. She was so um, effusive about riding for Israel. Um, it was really interesting to hear her story. Her father was born in Israel and her grandmother, she said, was uh, like a second mum to her. And that grandmother immigrated to Israel with her family, well, with her husband and uh, Ashley's father um, in the 40s after World War Two. And she said all of her grandmother's family were murdered in the Holocaust. And having gone from being, you know, a very excited and, and, and uh, delighted rider right moment before she then got very emotional talking about this this grandmother who meant so much to her and she lost her grandmother when she was 14. So it was a, you know, an, an emotional story for her and I really enjoyed talking to her and we'll be following that one up with the story on our website. Yeah, it's, it's elation and emotion, isn't it, with sports at this level? Because, of course, every rider has such an... They all have amazing stories, um, you know, behind them. No rider just, just gets to the Olympic Games without um, a lot of support, often a lot of struggles and, uh, yeah, a lot of emotional moments. Yeah, and definitely the most popular rider in the mix zone today was Jessica Springsteen. Definitely, that was a big crowd. <laughs> yeah, obviously daughter of uh, the le rock legend Bruce Springsteen and we had a whole bunch of mainstream media there wanting to talk to her and... Um, but uh, the rules were sort of laid down for us that she was only going to answer three questions and they had to be about sport. So uh, that suited us fine. I was happy enough to talk to, uh, to her about that. But um, I think some of the mainstream press, understandably, for their jobs, mm. wanted to talk to her about her dad. But uh, we weren't going there. But we did have a nice chat with Jessica, who's making her Olympic debut here. Um, she had a fence down today, but was generally pleased with how her horse performed. And um, she won't be in the individual final, but will jump with the US team again at the end of the week. Yes, she has lovely things to say about her horse, didn't she? It was um, it was nice hearing it was nice hearing her talk about him and uh, talk about. She said uh, being here on the Olympic stage really gives her the jitters or something to that effect, didn't she? Which I I thought was very sweet and certainly very true. I'm sure for many people. Yeah, as you say, she did say exactly that about uh, about the Olympic jitters. But she also said that she's taking confidence from being on a team with uh, Kent Farrington and Laura Kraut with McLean Ward as their their alternate and uh, learning from their experience. Well, Polly, we'll be back in just a moment to talk a little more about tomorrow. The Horse and Hand Podcast Daily Tokyo Special is supported by Toggy. Shop the sport, outdoor and British equestrian Team GBR collection at toggy.com. Technical, tested, trusted Toggy. So Polly, we've mentioned what's going to happen tomorrow. Top 30 riders going forward to fight for the medals in the individual final. Just give us a quick rundown of how that will work. Yeah, so the 30 riders that qualified through from today will ride in reverse order of merit uh, based on today. So that means that Ben Mayer will go last for Britain. Um, second last will actually be Ireland's Dara Kenny. 
with Cartello. He was also a very speedy one today. So that's great news for the Irish. And uh, yeah, so tomorrow the format is, um, it basically it's a normal jump off class. Um, they will all jump the round and they will jump off, you know, if, if they're tied on penalties. That one class will produce our new Olympic champion. Yeah, so very exciting. I guess what we would maybe be expecting is that We'd see, I don't know, maybe six or eight through to the jump off. But of course, it could be no one. Uh, there isn't a jump off at all. That there's only one clear or even that there are no clears. And uh, But that would be unlikely. But I would expect and hope that we're going to see a jump I off. I hope so. Yeah, I'm really excited. I don't know how my nerves will take it. Um, I, I felt like I was riding the course with the British riders today. <laughs> um, I do get very into my show jumping when it does come around. Oh, well, talking of that hopes for tomorrow ben mayer of course is our sort of great hope in british show jumping for an individual mm. medal for the individual gold even so we're um very much fingers crossed for him and explosion w tomorrow as well as of course as the other british riders who wouldn't be quite such favorites but you never know quite what's going to happen do you polly no definitely not as we saw today, you know, one rubber rail and uh, it's all over. Um, and yeah, we've got three super combinations jumping for Britain in that final tomorrow. Um, we should mention too that once the team competition gets underway later in the week, that'll be Holly Smith riding for Britain on the team with Denver rather than Harry Charles. They uh, they made a pre-competition change um, and elected for Harry to ride in the individual and Holly to ride in the team. Hmm, interesting to see if any other teams are uh, making those kind of tactical swaps. But thinking about tomorrow, let's hear from Ben Mayer about his hopes for the Tokyo Olympics. The goals and aims for this Games are to win medals. Um, I think if that wasn't the goal for any athlete, then we perhaps shouldn't be going to Tokyo. Um, obviously, we're riding horses and we're very dependent on uh, there's only so much you can do with an animal but uh, I'm very confident right now we've come off of a good result um, in Volkenswad and Windsor with Explosion. I know he can do it. I hope I do him justice on the on the right days there and we need a little bit of luck in sport as well but we'll definitely go with high expectations and I hope everything comes right on the day. Oh, gosh, it is so great hearing Ben sounding hopeful and confident. We are all backing him, of course, all the way. Fingers crossed for some success tomorrow on the British front. And we also spoke to Harry a few weeks ago as well. As we mentioned, he is only just uh, 22, very young. He did talk about some of his Olympic memories and it was lovely to hear. I have a few Olympic memories, but for me, the one that stands out the most would have to be in London in 2012. My dad was part of that gold medal winning team. I was uh, 12 years old at the time, I think, and uh, the first Olympics I'd, I'd been to as a spectator, and uh, it was an incredible experience I'll never, ever forget. See the British team winning on home soil, you know, they won it in the ring as well, which made it even more special. Well, amazing for Harry to have that real personal heritage and family history with the Olympics and doing the Charles family proud by carrying on the family tradition here in Tokyo. Well, Polly, I think that's all we've got time for tonight. You've got some stories to write. I need to go to bed, but we will be back tomorrow night, won't we? We certainly will. Very, very excited for what might unfold tomorrow. Well, thank you for listening to the Horse and Hound podcast daily Tokyo special supported by Toggy. We'll be talking to you tomorrow night. Goodbye. 